Talking to you from C-Click Fix, this is Gubla, a show about local government. Hey, this is Caroline with C-Click Fix. Today you'll be hearing from a familiar voice, Liana Epstein of City Atlas New Haven. Liana had co-hosted a GovLove podcast a while back when we interviewed the awesome group from Vet Wheels, but I also wanted to give her a chance to take the main stage so y'all could hear directly from her more about her awesome work in New Haven. What's up, Liana? Hi, Caroline. Thanks for having me on GovLove. I'm excited to be here again. Um, a little bit different being the subject of the podcast instead of the host, <laughs> but I think it'll be a good time. Absolutely. I'm psyched that you're here as well. So, all right. Let's, uh, I want you to sort of lay down the law for us. You've done some pretty amazing work in New Haven in a short period of time. And I'd love, I'd love if you could first just start off by telling us a little bit about your backstory. How did you, how did you come to New Haven and, and why did you choose to stay in the city? Sure. Um, well, first of all, uh, it's very nice of you to say I've done some pretty amazing work, but um, the real amazing work that I've gotten to do is seeing what amazing work is being done in New Haven. Um, and so, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about my backstory. So I'm originally from just outside of D.C. Uh, in Northern Virginia, and I first visited New Haven when my older sister was visiting colleges and jokingly, I was like, oh, I want to go to school here. This is such a cool place. Uh, Little did I know I would actually end up here. Um, So I came to New Haven for college and I attended Yale and graduated. Um, But going back to your question, um, after graduation, I stayed. I'm in New Haven because I think there's tremendous opportunity to explore explore, understand, and improve the greatest small city in America. Um, For those of you who haven't heard it called that, that is what it is. Um, And I think it's a pretty unique place because there are many global issues like food deserts, violent crime that play out locally right here. Um, And so in that respect, it's a test bed to see what solutions to many of the greatest social and environmental challenges of our time um, can be formulated here and what people are already doing to address those pretty, um, pretty big topics. Mm, That's, that's amazing. And, you know, I, I guess sort of building off of that, what, you know, what it seems like you've sort of chosen this project, which is city Atlas. I'd love if you just tell us a little bit about it, you know, my my kind of thinking is that there's a lot of tremendous things going on, particularly around things like localized um, localized attention, in particular surrounding climate change, community change. So I'm kind of curious, you know, first of all, what is City Atlas? How did you first hear about it? And what what kind of grabbed you or struck you about it that made it distinct from maybe some of these other groups or initiatives? Sure. Um, So City Atlas New Haven is a bottom-up publication aimed at promoting, linking, and amplifying both existing and future sustainability efforts in New Haven. Uh, We're the newest branch of a global network of sites that are all called City Atlas. Um, And what we try and do is spark a conversation about what steps cities and their citizens are taking to prepare for 
health, environmental, economic challenges that we may face um, in the future. And so by capturing the incredible efforts that are being undertaken every day by the people of New Haven, by institutions, by organizations, um, by students, we try and connect members of our local community to those city initiatives and civic organizations. So hopefully we can try and strengthen the ties between environmental sustainability and social justice, which you mentioned, and ultimately community building. Um, because City Atlas and our whole philosophy is kind of that an informed and engaged public is really what we need in New Haven for a brighter mm -hmm. future for everyone. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, um, I first heard about City Atlas when I was an undergrad and a college classmate and friend of mine had spent a summer working as managing editor in New York. And she told me about it one day, then put me in touch with Richard Reese, who is the editor in New York. And he's also a fellow at the SUNY Institute for Sustainable Cities, which is housed at Hunter College in New York. Um, and that is the original City Atlas, which was started from a Rockefeller grant in 2011. Um, so that project is dedicated to exploring the nature and complexity of cities in areas like consumption and vulnerability mm -hmm. to natural disasters and climate change impact and things like that and how we create a resilient city um, with respect to those type of issues. And that's, that's what the whole City Atlas network is designed to do, is kind of spark this dialogue about what happens locally in your city how we can learn from other cities and um, how it relates to those kind of bigger issues. Um, so I started this, um, I started giving kind of informal advice and feedback on the New York project and thought it was a very unique um, project because it was different from any type of publication or um, other project that touches on climate change impacts because I grew tired of hearing the negative narratives of climate change. You know, we're all doomed. And at City Atlas, I feel like we try to be as forward-looking as possible. We show the good work that individuals, organizations, businesses, cultural institutions, everyone else um, is doing to show that it's possible to move our cities toward greater versions of themselves. And we rely on science, yes, but we also rely heavily upon creativity and most importantly, community. And that's what really appealed to me about City Atlas is we, we make it personal, local, and relevant and show that mm. people can and are working to make their cities better, stronger. And sustainability means something quite different um, to everyone. Um, so one thing led to another. We started having a conversation about whether City Atlas could work in New Haven and what that would look like. Uh, and now here I am, and this is happening. <laughs> wow, that's tremendous. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, 
Now, narrowing in on a kind of a special and important distinction that you are making, um, and maybe I'm extrapolating too much here, but it seems like you're sort of making a distinction between this this feeling of being of a movement or a publication or a project being against something, like the feel of something being against something, as opposed to the feeling of being for something. Um, City Atlas being in, in the former of something that feels like it's for something, that it's empowering something, building something positive, if you will, for lack of a better word. What do you think is important about that language? Why, why does that kind of language excite you more than the idea of what's negative or what's against um, or what's putting down? I think a publication is kind of the wrong word to describe City Atlas. And I don't know if we found the right word for it, as language is very important, as you've said. And what what I find is that negativity isn't particularly effective in motivating action. Um, I think that people together who are learning about each other and what great work they are doing kind of compiles into, I want to do more. I want to help. I want to start something like that. How can I get involved rather than I feel powerless to do anything. These issues are way beyond me. I don't see anyone really making any kind of change. So I think if you can see it in your back door and you can see it as something realistic that fits into your life, it's stepping into a vision or a reality that already exists, not some futuristic um, scenario mm-hmm. that's incompatible with your life. And I think people, I, I have a lot of faith in people. I think they like to help other people. They want to help make a city or a community somewhere where you feel safe, where you are healthy, where you like to walk around, where you can say, I am proud to be from New Haven. It really is the greatest small city in America. And I mean, I am by no means an expert in anything, but I can see the excitement. I can see the passion in people's voices when they talk about what they're working on, when they say, hey, like, you should come check this out. And it's about what they're doing, but it's also the questions that they ask. Oh, what, what else is going on? What events are happening that are related to that? I would love to help out. And so just those kind of anecdotal pieces lead me to believe that it's the right approach to keep people focused on the positive steps that are happening, even if they're small, and that there are some easy transformations that aren't drastic. Mm, Interesting. And, you know, vaulting off that, dive into the specifics for us, the kind of nitty-gritty, like what does – what does City Atlas actually look like? Like you said, you know, it's it's not quite a publication. It's a little bit more and a little bit different than that. You know, is it a website? Is it a series of articles? Is it a podcast? Is it 
all the above. What is what does it actually look like when people engage with or touch City Alice? So it's kind of all of those things. It is a website, and there are a range of formats that you can, I guess, touch, as you said before. Um, there are interviews with people in New Haven. There's a podcast series that has uh, focused on different projects and um, things happening in the city. We have a presence at some community events, and um, it's really an evolving project, which is why it's hard to describe what it is, um, because what we're really trying to do is spark a conversation um, and motivate action. So we want to share what's going on as a publication on a website, but we want people to see it and then see a step forward. So if they listen to last week's podcast, or the last one that GovLove did on the Vet Wheels program. And they hear about that and say, wow, that's something that I could devote a little bit of time to or donate my bike to. How do I do that? Well, at the end, I believe that we gave them contact information for Mark and Joel about how they could get involved. So that kind of idea is you're not just, learning about something and then moving on to the next article or getting up from your computer, walking away and forgetting about it. We want to say, this is what you can do to start something like this, or this is who you should talk to, to collaborate on a project. Um, so we're going to try and provide a specific contact information and um, other relevant information for people to take action if they so choose. It's very hard to motivate action if people don't want to do it, but we want to make it as easy and convenient if people choose to do so. Mm. Yeah, I love what you said about constant evolution because it seems like City Atlas is this kind of has this flexible and nimble nature that kind of fits the communication style and the needs of the city it's in. And I guess a question that's attached to that is, you know, how how did the approach to City Atlas New York, for example, need to be different from City Atlas New Haven? How did those look differently? What is it about City Atlas New Haven? that's unique from perhaps its, its, uh, its cousins in other cities? Sure. Um, so I guess a bit more broadly, the underlying question that we always come back to is how do we make, how do we meet basic needs in a changing world while also creating these vibrant, sustainable, strong communities? And what does sustainability mean in the everyday lives of citizens? You know, what opportunities are there to create awareness, to see the connections between the things we care about, like our health and the natural world. And 
So those are big questions, and the answers are different depending on the location of the City Atlas project. Um, To answer your question a bit more specifically, uh, my perception is that New Haven residents would more like to see us highlight initiatives focused on issues like access to healthy food, access to jobs, access to housing. And so City Atlas here in New Haven should also focus on those issues of public health, of social justice, of safety, and the like. Um, And that's not necessarily true in New York. Um, New Yorkers care about different things. And if it's not local and it's not relevant, what benefit are we really providing to the city? And how can we affect any kind of change or spark any kind of dialogue if we are not talking about what is here and what residents care about, what our communities want to move toward and how our government can help, how we can form new collaborations and partnerships and connect people that maybe haven't spoken before about how we can make our city the best it can be. Um, And The approach, I think, should be kind of the same no matter where you are. The answers might look quite different, but the real key is pretty simple. And I would just say it's to listen. To get at the heart of what matters to us in New Haven, you can't just guess. It's about walking up to people and asking questions. What matters to you? What's your vision for the future of New Haven? What does that look like now? What does it look like in 10 years or even longer? Um, What kind of, what does a sustainable city mean? Is it one in which we have more green spaces, more community gardens where kids feel safe? Um, So you really need to listen and not just on a superficial level. You need to sit, listen, and digest because I think Too often we assume we know what matters to people, but we can be wrong. And so allow yourself the opportunity to cover, uh, to start that conversation, listen to the wants and needs and see what resources you already have that can help fill that need. It's not about being right. It's not about, you know, dictating what you think should happen. It's about finding where the opportunities lie to move forward in a positive way. Um, And it's about starting a dialogue, finding out what's already going on and how you fit in, how you can help amplify those positive efforts that we're already discovering on the ground and really connecting people who care about similar things. So when you've had those conversations and you've asked those questions, what are people in New Haven saying? And a question sort of under that umbrella is what's a conversation that's, that surprised you? Um, and I know your approach in some ways was to try not to be surprised, to be so open that surprise was in some ways impossible, but, but maybe there was a moment or there's a conversation that where you received an answer that you didn't expect and and therefore you learned about the city uh, or saw it in a different way. I'd love to hear you talk about a conversation like that. Yeah. Um, so 
I have a disappointing answer. I could not possibly name one conversation. I think that would be incredibly unfair. I will say that I'm continuously surprised in a very good way with all of the things people are doing in this city. I'm inspired by everyone I talk to, and the passion is something that can't easily be hidden. Um, I've learned some pretty tremendous lessons along the way that I don't think I could have ever been prepared for. Um, but kind of by engaging in daily conversations with members of the New Haven community, I'm humbled by the people who call New Haven their home for much longer than I have and consider myself fortunate to apply what I learned in the classroom at Yale to help their efforts to make our city a healthier, more sustainable, more secure place. Um, I, I don't think any set of courses or major can prepare you perfectly for what lies beyond Yale's gates. And four years at Yale does go a long way in preparing you to take a next step um, and definitely to stay afloat. But I think it's, it's really allowed me to, um, to kind of push the boundaries and open up my mind to the possibility that there are so many different perspectives and we're always taught to embrace diversity. And that is something that I have really come to love about New Haven is all of the, the vibrant diversity that I see. You know, you, it kind of almost sounds like you're a, you're a one woman connector, a one woman show, but you know, you've done so much work. You must have a team. I I love to hear you talk a little bit about your team and, and also from that, how others can get involved and be on your team as well. Sure. Um, so no, I am not superwoman. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Um, (laughs) I have a wonderful team and, um, you know, just like any early project and small project, I don't have a, a ton of people, but what's fantastic about the City Atlas project is that I have a circulating team. So, you know, this summer I had interns ranging from all over. I had one that had just graduated from Hamilton College, and she came to me with this incredible passion and background in creating podcasts. And so she said, Hey, like, why don't we create a podcast for city Atlas? And in the same way that we do profiles and interviews of people, we can just do it on a podcast. And I was like, wow, that's a great idea. And so I let her run with it. And I had, you know, a few other interns who had unique interests and skills. So What's great about having this kind of flow is that you work with whatever existing passions and interests those people come to you with, and you play to their strengths. Um, And I'm at the point now where I can have that flexibility to let people explore. And in a selfish way, I find it incredibly rewarding to feel like I'm the one that gets 
to give them that opportunity. But what I'm really just doing is facilitating a way for them to deeper engage with this city. Um, and whether that's creating a photo project or, um, going out to a community event or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I really love having young people, especially come in and out and I work with undergrads. I've, um, we have a huge list of advisors that are, you know, faculty and professors at local universities, but also, a lot of partnering local organizations who have some connection to this idea of sustainability, whether that's housing organizations or this local sustainable food movement, um, all of those types of things. And of course, I could in no way have gotten where I am with this project without the guidance of Richard Reese, who um, started the project in New York. And he's kind of given me the roadmap to how he went about pursuing and developing City Atlas in New York and what lessons he learned early on and what what I could use from that to make this work. Um, but I rely on everyone else around me and a little bit more broadly than that, people who aren't even members of my team help me incredibly um, because... I am not an expert in anything, and my goal is to learn from those who know things better than I do. So if I meet someone and hopefully down the road I can connect them with someone else, then my goal has been accomplished. And I consider those people informal members of my team because they have broadened my view in some way. They have taken some step already to moving this city forward. Um, so a big shout out to everyone who I've talked to. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. And I guess that sort of leads into my final question, which is, you know, you're talking about roadmaps and you're talking about lessons and the sort of incredible amount of things you've learned. What's, what's one thing that you've learned that you can, you can leave folks with maybe in particular folks who want to potentially bring City Atlas to their town? Yeah. Um, wow, the most important thing. Well, I think the most important thing about starting a City Atlas project is learning about your location, is talking to people, walk around, ask questions, lots of questions. Push yourself out of your comfort zone um, if you think or you're hesitating a little bit to do something, you should probably do it within reason, of course. Um, but it, it will be worth it. And don't try and do it alone. Keep thinking about and allow the project to evolve and your thoughts to change uh, because that's kind of the nature of this project. But ultimately, learn about where you are and come back to those questions about meeting the basic needs of where you are while also creating these strong communities. And what does sustainability mean 
in the everyday lives of citizens who you're speaking with? Um, how do we illuminate the connections between people, between things we care about, um, and really, really just staying focused on those broad questions and allowing yourself to discover. Um, that's what I would that's say. Awesome. And I'm happy if anyone wants to start a city atlas in their cities. We've actually got a few in the works. We already have the original in New York. We have one in Beijing and pretty soon are expecting to launch in Washington, D.C. and also in Sydney, Australia. Um, but it's very exciting. A few of the editors who are starting there have reached out to me and I've been as best I can given them a little guidance of what I did and where I started and what kind of first steps to take. So I hope I can be helpful in that way. But if anyone else wants to reach out to me or get involved, whether that's formally or informally, um, you can reach me. My email is liana, L-I-A-N-A dot Epstein, E-P, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, E-I, N as in Nancy, at V City Atlas dot org. Please check out our site. It's newhaven.vcityatlas.org, and we'd love to have your thoughts. Rihanna, you're a rock star. Um, thanks so much for talking with us today. Um, I think this could be really a really exciting piece um, to learn a lot. I know I learned a lot. Um, good luck with your project. And um, we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's my pleasure. And I've really enjoyed the opportunity to be on GovLove again. It's an awesome, awesome podcast. <laughs> you rock. All right. Have a good one. <laughs>